Hey guys, welcome to Everyday Alchemy. I'm your host, Terry. Alongside of me, you will also be hearing from my community and other everyday people just like you, sharing their stories, tools, and magic to help expand your consciousness and alchemize your life. Hey everyone! Okay, so today's episode is going to be a big one in many ways and contains some very important information and insight. And well, let's just see if it gets flagged or I don't know, shadow banned as, you know, all the algorithms are probably going to pick up on some of the keywords I use. But to start off, let me just first start this episode with a disclaimer. Everything that I share with you in this episode is not financial advice. It's just neutral information that I've come across. I am not an economist or a financial advisor. I am just sharing a combination of information and my own personal opinions and perspectives to help you to become conscious of world economic events so that you can position yourself and align yourself with the opportunities that are present. Now, speaking of information as just being neutral, I learned the hard way in 2020 and all of last year that many people just don't want to know what is going on economically, simply out of being triggered by their own personal fears. I've tried to explain to some people, some friends and family that becoming aware of information enables you to align with the opportunities that are also equally present and to prepare yourself and align yourself accordingly. As one of my favorite economists, Lynette Zhang, always says, you can bury your head in the sand and avoid knowing about what's going on, but you can't avoid the consequences of it all when it all goes down. So why not choose to observe this information with the openness of neutrality and choose to align and position yourself with the choices and actions that align you in a better way, a more prepared position so that you can take advantage of the opportunities that are present in any crisis. So again, another reminder that it is not the events that happen in your life that are good or bad. It is how we choose to perceive them. It's how we choose to think about them and react to them that can make handling these events better for us or worse for us. And since many of our systems, structures and institutions are broken, they're no longer working in this new paradigm, I'm welcoming the fall of these systems. We need new systems and we're the ones that are going to be creating them. So it's up to us to level up our consciousness, to do the work so that we can all collectively be a part of and create new systems that are more equitable, more sustainable and fair for all. This all starts from our energetic frequencies, whether we focus on and feed into the thoughts and the actions that come from our own fears or from a higher authentic place, higher and authentic frequencies, which we know are much more sustainable. And our own individual frequencies make up the collective frequencies and influence what manifests on a collective global scale. So that there is my intention for sharing this information. Not to spark fear or feed into fear, but to share this neutral information so that you can choose to use your own power to direct what energetic frequency you want to create. And that there is the most powerful thing in the world. Not money, not oil or gas, not the levels of control of the governments or the banks or the media. And with the South Node in Scorpio and the North Node in Taurus being highlighted this year and heading into next, these energies ask us to uncover the shadows and illusions that are being kept hidden and are asking us, well, how do we create stability and security in a more balanced and sustainable way? So we've had a really interesting couple of weeks, economically speaking. We all know that we have the war in Ukraine, in which the effects have reached the entire globe. And in response to the war, we have had governments making defense deals and creating more debt, which actually is conveniently of use to them since many countries are in record levels amount of debt. 
And in order to keep the current debt monetary system going, they actually must create more debt. That's how this current monetary system works. Unfortunately for us, the people, we're the ones that pay for it, though. So the stock markets have been upside down in Canada and the US and Europe and Asia. And the US stock markets this week basically erased all of the gains that it made in 2020 and 2021. So the U.S. stock market is currently in a corrective phase. And this week, the Federal Reserve announced that there is a deterioration of liquidity in the markets. And just by them announcing that, it leads me to think that perhaps they will go ahead and do more quantitative easing to prop the markets up and basically further kick the bubble bursting can down the road. Interest rates are now rising. There's been a pullback on the government stimulus around the world with certain programs here in Canada only just ending this week. So we haven't even begun to see the effects of this pullback here in Canada yet. And even Treasury Secretary of the US, Janet Yellen, forewarned at the end of April that more economic shocks are likely to challenge the economy, a warning that we rarely get a heads up in. Inflation is surging higher, and it's not transitory, as once stated by the feds. And now I have something that I really want to clarify here. It was not the pandemic or the war between Russia and Ukraine that has caused the economic problems that we see today. Nor is it the war that has created the inflation, the higher prices that we see today. The inflation on food and goods and even services was because of a couple of things. The shutdown of businesses due to COVID, the supply chain issues, the staff shortage issues, and finally, the massive amounts of government stimulus or debt that was created and handed out as COVID relief programs. So basically, more money that's chasing fewer goods results in inflated prices. So this is what's contributed to the high inflation that we've seen in the last six months or so. However, we are now also seeing part of the effects of the war contributing to inflation, including higher gas prices. Keep in mind that all businesses use fuel and gas to make and distribute goods, so I suspect that we'll be seeing prices increase again in the upcoming months. In Canada, we've had high inflation rates for about seven months now, reaching new and new highs until it will eventually stabilise but it will stabilise at a higher inflation rate that we have had before. So no, it's not temporary. And with gas and oil and natural gas prices increasing by 50% in the next six months, as warned by the World Banks, we will continue to see the costs of food and goods go up at a high rate. We've also been warned by many top economists that we, the world, have entered into a recession and possibly stagflation, which is a combination of slow economic growth and high inflation. There's also been a pullback on online spending as well as a pullback on retail sales. A recent report that came out this week showed that 34% of American retailers could not make rent in April. In the UK, reports are showing that families cannot afford the inflated energy prices that have escalated recently. Even stock market insiders aren't really buying. In fact, if we look to the last year or so, some of the bigger names that have been selling their stocks at their highest, like Elon Musk selling his Tesla stocks or the CEO of Microsoft selling his, big-time traders like Michael Burry, who predicted the 2008 financial crash, has even got out of the market. He did so last year, and warning all of us of what is to come. Now, to add to this storm, we also have a food crisis. Thanks to the increased money supply created by the government stimulus, paired with the supply chain issues created by COVID, we've already seen food prices escalate. But what I did not anticipate was the events that have continued to unfold and that will contribute to a further escalation in food prices and access to food. We have impacts from the war in Ukraine, which is limiting the global supply of wheat, with other countries who distribute basic foods like wheat and rice now scaling back on how much of their own supply they make available to the rest of the world keeping more of the food supplies for the people in their own country who need it due to the food supply issues that are starting. And keep in mind that for people in developed countries, 
we will have access to food. It's just that the costs of the food that are imported will go up. Unfortunately, for those who are in developing countries, it's those who suffer and who will have less access to foods. In the past two months, there have been several random events that have also attacked America's food production and processing plants. There's been seven fires that have burnt down food processing plants, two events where planes have crashed into food processing plants. Even the FBI issued a warning about the ransomware attacks that have been happening to several farmers and grain processing plants. Five U.S. energy firms were also targeted by hackers, too. The globe is also now facing a supply chain shortage on fertilizer and food nutrients needed to grow food. And it's causing the prices of these supplies to double and even triple. We also have high gas prices. So the diesel and gas needed to grow the food, transport the food, will also contribute to even higher priced foods in the next six months. So basically, you are currently losing money due to all of this inflation that's affecting everything. And we have entered into slower economic times. So based off of this knowledge, why not make decisions now that align yourself with preparing for these higher costs? Think of things like buying in bulk, like rice or flour or coffee or sugar, or buying a couple of extra things while they're on sale. So things that you'll always need, like toothpaste. You can join a community garden or start your own veggie patch. You can plan ahead for pricing goods in your business with the anticipation of prices rising again in the near future. Or if you're wanting to create a new business or a new product, or if you want to start a new career, you can see what sectors will need some extra ideas or will be booming, you know, all that might do well. You can help be a part of the solution by choosing to support local business or farms instead of big online giants. You can look ahead to investing in assets like physical gold or silver as a store of wealth as opposed to leaving your money in the bank. These are just some ideas to consider. Again, not financial advice, but just a reminder that there is always the positive and the opportunity in every crisis. Now, There are many, many pieces to this financial and economic resource bubble that we are in. With many moving parts and a whole lot of manipulation and illusion by those that control the system. A big piece of what we're seeing in all sectors and all markets is just how interconnected all of these global systems and markets and events are. We're starting to see how just one issue affects the production, the distribution and price of many things around the entire world, let alone multiple serious issues. The events that we're seeing unfold truly is the perfect storm. And it's not as simple as just pinpointing out one or two things as the cause, as they are all contributing and are all interconnected. However, the one thing that we can definitely see that is at the root of this perfect storm and that is broken is the monetary system that we are currently in. Now, I'm going to explain our monetary system as simply as I can. So we know that the US dollar is the world's reserve currency, meaning that the global markets trade in the US dollar, things like buying and selling oil and natural gas and goods. So what happens to the US dollar affects the globe. The U.S. holds a lot of power and a lot of control in being the world's reserve currency. Now, the U.S. dollar doesn't buy nearly as much as it once did. Since the early 20th century, the decline in the value of the dollar has been dramatic, and this has been due to inflation. So basically, to put it as simply as I can, the dollar is now worth about 3% of what it was worth in the early 1900s. And in order for money to have any worth or value, it has always been tied to something that gives it that value. You know, we know that a $100 note isn't actually worth $100 as it's just paper or plastic. The reason that it's worth anything and is trusted as worth something is because it's backed by something that has value. Now, the monetary system that we all use used to be backed by gold. So as gold has been perceived as having value or worth and is something that we've used for 6,000 years, 
That is exactly the reason why the dollar used to be tied to it. You see, in 1971, the US removed the gold standard. The US dollar was no longer backed by gold, and we moved to a debt-backed or debt-based monetary system. So our current monetary system is debt-backed or based. The very way in which our money is created is through debt and credit. When you go to the bank and get a loan, the bank doesn't have the money to lend you. They create it out of nothing. Only 3% of all money is created by governments in the mints, the coins and the notes that we have, but the rest is made by private banks. It's electronic. This money is created with interest, but they don't create the interest. The interest is created with another loan, with more interest. So really, there's more debt in this world today than there is actual money. So this means that we are in debt forever and are paying compound interest forever. This creates some problems, one being that it creates economic inequality. This also further exacerbates the over-consumerism problem that we have in our world today, which also affects our environment. Because of all of the interest, we must have more products and more services traded, further promoting more and more consumerism. This also includes more consumption of natural resources that make the products. Otherwise, the system will collapse and we would have defaults and recessions. So really, under this model, under this monetary system, all we are doing is delaying the crash, which will ultimately come to a head at some point. And we're currently in the stage where we, meaning Canada and the US, can't even pay the interest back on all of the borrowing. So this is why the Canadian bank and the US feds are in a pickle. They need to raise the rates higher in order to slow down the inflation that we're seeing, but they can't raise them too high as this will mean they will default on their debt too. So we're in a bit of a weird dance of controlling a system that's basically come to an end point or will come to an end point soon. So in Many experts' opinions, and my opinion, we're nearing the end times of this current debt-based monetary system. And we can see how this system that we are all tied to is actually rooted in an inauthentic, illusionary, inequitable, and unsustainable underlying energy. So it's finite. It will not be sustained. Now, let's go back to September of 2019. The repo market actually blew up because there wasn't enough cash in the system to buy collateral. The US was issuing too much debt because they couldn't pay their bills with taxes. So basically, there was not enough buyers of the US debt. There wasn't enough cash in the system. And basically, everybody needed cash from each other, but there wasn't enough cash there. So the Federal Reserve had to come in and emergency bail out the system, injecting liquidity into the system basically overnight, giving that cash to the financial institutions who needed it. And at the same time, the Federal Reserve also started expanding their balance sheet. Now, this action is really important. And it's actually connected to the financial crash that happened in 2008. And the US Federal Reserve has actually been expanding their balance sheet since 2008, that crash, by doing quantitative easing, or otherwise known as QE. Now, QE actions is different in different countries, but in very, very basic terms, in the US, the Federal Reserve goes out and buys large quantities of US Treasury securities and mortgage-backed securities. And they do this to fight deflation, as it's an expansionary monetary policy tool. So the Federal Reserve and the central banks buy assets and credits the reserve account of banks. This is as to increase the money supply and to encourage lending and investments. This liquidity is then used to create more loans to people, to businesses, and therefore providing more liquidity in the market. Now, the Federal Reserve said that this QE in 2008 was just temporary, that the balance sheet was going to normalize eventually and go back down, but it never did. 
<laughs> I don't know, 10 years of quantitative easing from 2008 to 2019 doesn't seem very temporary to me. So basically, things never normalized and the balance sheet never went back down. The Fed has basically just been propping everything up in the last 10 years, and that gives the illusion that everything is fine. But it's basically just kicking the can down the road and buying more time to figure everything out and to perhaps figure out a new monetary system. And it's here that I want to note the energies of control and inauthenticity that is connected to these actions which we know is not in alignment with source, and we know from an energetic standpoint that these energies are not sustainable. So in September 2019, things started to fail. The economy was in trouble. There was a huge amount of pent-up problems that was basically ready to implode and break the entire financial system and markets. Welcome to the Alchemy of Natural Healing. I'm your host, Laurel Dewey. True healing is an alchemical process, meaning it must transform you on all levels, body, mind, and spirit. What affects one affects all three. True healing is one of the hardest journeys you'll ever travel, but it's one of the most rewarding and fulfilling when you get to meet yourself for the first time. If you're ready to take that journey, let's get started. So the Federal Reserve did the bare minimum of what they could in order to just further delay everything and kick the can down the road. They knew the markets needed much more intervention, but the Federal Reserve also knew that they couldn't make it look like they were intervening, as that's a form of market manipulation. They also could not hurt the big banks or the corporations, yet they have very well known that it would hurt us, the people. So when the pandemic hit, only, what, five months later, the entire financial system got a miracle. And look, (laughs) I'm not saying that the pandemic was planned, that the virus was created or leaked or anything like that. You know, I'm not even saying that, you know, it was just simply a random act of nature or God. I'm just saying that the timing of it was divine or convenient as when the pandemic hit, they then had the perfect reason to intervene some more, to go back to their balance sheet and expand it. They bought all the treasuries and mortgage-backed securities back off the market as the market could not handle all of that debt. They turned a bunch of government debt into money, and as we all know, they pulled that money out of the markets, out of the economy, and gave out trillions of these dollars and billions of these dollars as support since we were all locked inside our homes and we were told not to operate our businesses. Now, I learned all of this during the first lockdown in 2020, after a heads up or a tip from my guides. And economists knew what this was going to do and create, which was basically a whole lot of economic problems for the world later on down the road. The economists that worked for the government, however, were crickets. Well, they just simply told everyone that everything is fine. The government told us how much financial support they had created for us, how great it was that we would be okay, and that there wasn't going to be any risk of inflation, which then changed later on to there may be inflation, which then later changed into inflation is just temporary. And now finally, we now see that inflation is surprisingly lasting longer than anticipated. So they knew exactly what it was going to cause, or, I mean, at the very least, they had a pretty good idea. But they couldn't let the public know, as if everyone knew what was going to happen, that we would lose money through inflation and higher taxes, well, we would be up in arms about all of this debt creation. People may not have been so inclined to follow the orders or shut down their businesses for so long. Especially when we found out eventually that the virus wasn't perhaps as severe or deadly as it was initially thought to be. Many would have been much less inclined to obey the severe restrictions or close our doors or give birth in hospitals alone or not see our loved ones 
if they knew that they would financially be worse off in the future due to these actions. I don't know, just something to think about there. So to summarise, it wasn't the pandemic that caused the economic problems. The problems and the broken system, the broken economy, was already there before the pandemic started. It's just the way that they have dealt with the broken system, as well as the way that they dealt with the pandemic, that has exacerbated the economic problems that we are now in and are going to continue to head into. The reality is, what all of the data and economic experts show us and tell us is, is that the financial system actually died in the 2008 financial crisis. The entire debt-backed monetary system ended there. Nothing has ever gotten fixed since then. The system was not revised or rebuilt to work in a better and more equitable and sustainable way. They've just been masking over the problem, masking over the broken system and propping everything up temporarily and ultimately kicking the can down the road. And they knew in 2008 that their actions would cause future problems. They knew in 2020 all of the unsustainable debt that they created was going to cause future problems. So now the veil that kept this information hidden is starting to lift. Now we're starting to see the true underlying energies of these systems, energies that are rooted in fear and control. And we know that they've been trying to control these boom-bust cycles that this current economic system we're in has. So as you may already be aware, we have been in an economic boom. But this boom is simply fueled by the mass amounts of liquidity injection in the markets in 2020 and 2021. This boom was fueled by the amount of credit that has been extended to the public and businesses as there have been historically low interest rates. With interest rates being as low as they have been, you would be crazy not to refinance your house or get a business loan or borrow money to install a pool or get a new kitchen in your house. So it's not that the value of certain companies or houses are increasing. It's simply just more money in the system, more money chasing stocks or cryptos, and more money chasing fewer goods, such as fewer houses. And in times like this, people with money know to put that money into assets. And what's one of the most popular assets that have proven a great track record over the last 5-10 years? Well, it's been land and houses. But what do we know about booms? They're always followed by busts. So what goes up must come down. It's the workings and the flow of the universal energies and the dance of balance. You see, when a bust happens, it's the result of the prior boom. Booms are not a result of a business cycle of all of the businesses and houses all of a sudden adding so much extra value and just getting better and better and, yeah, adding more robust growth all of the time. No, booms are a result of the debt cycle. Booms are a result of an artificial or manipulated expansion of the money supply. So more money is created and borrowed at ultra-low interest rates, which then creates asset price booms. Then this creates consumer price booms, where we're all paying a lot more for everything than we did a year ago. And when this cycle happens, the financial pain gets worse and worse. And then what happens? Well, the debt needs to be paid off. So as that debt needs to be paid off, the money is then no longer out in the open, being exchanged and shared. It gets paid back to the banks. So the money supply lessens and that's when the bust happens. Asset prices eventually decrease and prices unsustainably collapse. Now, this is a normal boom-bust cycle of the debt-backed system. However, what the Federal Reserve has been doing is to stop any of the bust as quickly as possible. This is what they did in 2020. That market collapse that happened due to the black swan event of COVID being announced, well, it could have been the nail in the coffin and broken the system but they weren't ready to implement the new monetary system yet. So they pumped the system up, they propped it up, and the markets recovered in six weeks. 
But this market recovery wasn't real. It was an illusion. You know, companies and businesses weren't all of a sudden just booming again with so much robust growth and extra added value. I mean, think about it. We were all still in lockdown. No one was allowed to leave their homes or go anywhere to buy anything or go anywhere to do anything or use services or go to a restaurant. Instead, we were all handed out money and used it to shop online or use online services. Or many decided to take advantage of the stock market and crypto crash and chose to invest and inject their free money into there. Hence why the stock markets and crypto markets escalated, and in time, why the housing market escalated too. And lo and behold, people made a lot of money in the markets that way. So these people knew to sell at the highs, take that cash out of the stock market, and invest it into hard, tangible assets, like a house. People also all of a sudden had extra savings and extra cash. They got sick of their homes or being in the city, so they went out and bought more homes or bigger homes. We had less supplies coming in, so less goods, yet free money, right? So the prices of the goods started to go up. And instead of allowing this broken system to run its course in 2019 or early 2020, you know, instead of following the flow of what is obvious and what's no longer working and no longer sustainable, instead of letting this boom-bust cycle to naturally occur, the World Banks, the governments, and the Federal Reserve tried to control them out of fear of loss of control. You know, instead of letting the businesses and corporations and people who played too aggressively and took on too much debt get wiped out, or instead of letting them default, they've been bailing out everything. They've been bailing out the banks, the big corporations. They've been trying to put out all of these little fires everywhere, practicing market manipulation and QE to deter the actual collapse of this broken system. You know, every time things get painful, they've been swooping in and doing quantitative easing from rising interest rates to lowering them, from controlling the yield curve, from watching the dollar spike and then pulling it down. This does not make the economy better. It tips us from deflation to high inflation and potentially the destruction of the US dollar as the world's reserve currency. Now, let me share just some examples of how we, the people, are paying for this and how it's affecting us since everything is so interconnected. We're paying for it via inflation of goods and services, higher taxes, Higher taxes each year on our inflated home prices or through initiatives like the carbon tax. We're paying for it by the younger generations not being able to buy a home and not being able to have affordable rent. We're paying for it by having less access to services like a doctor, a dentist or a veterinarian. Here in BC, we have a massive doctor or healthcare practice shortage. In Whistler, We have just had another doctor's office close its doors, all because the rent is too high and the wages are too low to pay for the cost of living here. Same as veterinarians. Yet more and more people are being pushed out into small towns like ours or out of the city, but there aren't enough services to cater for these extra people. We're paying for it by losing smaller businesses to giant corporations like Amazon, in whose prices we can't compete with. All of this is a lot. It is triggering. It's affecting our families. It's affecting our well-being, our mental health, our trust in the government, our trust in others, and our trust in the systems. Everything is being shaken right now and will continue to be shaken as we head into 2023. So now, we are nearing the end of that road. We are in so much debt that we cannot just pay it off or pay it back, as we can barely pay the interest on the debt. And especially if the interest rates continue to rise to try and curb the inflation. And remember, it's not just the government's trillions of dollars of debt, it's also corporate debt and individual debt, like personal loans, car loans, credit card debt, and most importantly, mortgages. Here in Canada, we have some of the highest personal debt in the G20. And unfortunately, things will and need to get a bit more worse before they get better. 
And the Federal Reserve, the world banks and governments across the world know this and are only doing the bare minimum to tackle the high inflationary period we're in. Yes, they're slowly rising interest rates, as they have said they need to tackle inflation. But the reality is rising rates as slowly as they are and as little as they are will not do much to tackle the inflation that we are in. They're simply creating the illusion of them doing something to tame the fears and worries of the public and cries for something to be done to fix it. They know their actions won't do a whole lot to fix the inflation problem, and they will do the bare minimum to simply buy time and give the illusion that they have everything under control. They're doing the bare minimum as they know that the economy and markets are so sensitive due to this debt crisis and that we're on the brink of a collapse. And they know if they raise the rates too much and too quickly that this can break the markets. But they also know if they don't do anything or if they act too slowly or too little, that they will then lose the trust of the public and inflation will get out of control and possibly turn into hyperinflation. Now, if you want to know what hyperinflation is, just Google Venezuela or Turkey and hyperinflation. The Federal Reserve and the World Banks know that it can't curb the inflation by putting up interest rates even higher because this will break everything. People will default, companies will default, and countries themselves will default. This is already starting to happen, by the way. Sri Lanka is defaulting on their debt, and even some of China's biggest property developers are already defaulting. So the reality is they don't have everything under control, and they don't want all of the markets to collapse just yet. As I suspect, the new monetary system isn't quite ready to roll out. Now, you may have been curious as to why I said that things needed to get worse. Well, things need to get worse so that the public asks for and welcomes a new monetary system. You have to remember that the governments and economists knew that the system was dying and had died in 2008. They have known since then that a new monetary system needs to be created. And as the world is so uh, connected more than ever before economically, they knew that this was something that was going to take time. They can't just create an entirely new global financial system overnight. And I want to remind you here that, of course, some countries are in a worse position than others. So a lot of what happens and when is totally unique to the country that you're in. But we cannot pay back the debt. And we also cannot keep creating money and creating more debt as inflation and hyperinflation will ensue. So we need a new monetary system. And I, for one, am all for a new monetary system. I think it's a good thing and that it's needed. However, what we all need to be conscious of is the level of control and freedoms that we may have to sacrifice with the creation of this new monetary system. So this new monetary system is actually being worked on as I speak. It has been for years, but now we are starting to see hints of this new system being rolled out and being announced publicly. There's even been policy and law changes put in place years ago in preparation for another possible economic collapse. For example, during the 2008 crash where the banks were failing, the banks received what's called a bailout, where our tax money bailed the banks out on their defaults. But there was a new law that was put in place in 2017 by the Canadian government called the bail-in law. The US also has this law. Now, this law makes it legal for the banks to keep the money that you have deposited into the bank, in your bank accounts, if in the event that the bank collapses or fails. In exchange, it will issue bank bonds. But I don't know about you guys, but I would much rather my money than some bonds for a collapsed worthless bank. This law or policy is legal in many countries around the world, and each policy or law has different terms, so I advise you to look into it. So what will this monetary system look like? Basically, it's a digital dollar, or a CBDC, Central Bank Digital Dollar, that is similar to the cryptocurrencies, kind of, but instead of it being decentralized like cryptos, like Bitcoin or Ethereum, 
This is centralised and tied to central banks and governments as opposed to a commercial bank, the way that your debit or credit cards are. China has already launched its own digital yuan in 2020. Uh, The US announced the creation of its own digital US dollar this year. And just three months ago, the Canadian government announced that Canada will be creating a new digital dollar too. Here is a list of some more countries that are also rolling out and testing CBDCs. The Bahamas, Nigeria, India, Russia, Sweden, the UK, Mexico. Now, this digital dollar could very well be a great solution and can be just the monetary system reset that we actually need. But again, let me be clear, it all depends on how much control and what freedoms we may have to sacrifice in order to use it and be a part of it, whether or not they're going to phase out physical cash. Now, the reason I say what levels of control and freedoms may have to be sacrificed is because of what we are seeing being tested right now in China. In China, their digital dollar is tied to what's called a social credit system. It is a nationwide system that basically follows you everywhere. From over 200,000 cameras utilizing facial recognition to apps documenting where you are spending your money, where you're going and what you're consuming and even what information you're sharing and consuming. It's an app that basically rates your popularity based off of what China deems to be acceptable or not in society. And it deems your credit worthiness. Here are some examples of how this social credit system works. If you don't open the app every day and read about what China's leaders and governments are doing, then your social score goes down. If you walk across the street illegally, so if you jaywalk or if you speak ill of the leaders or the governments, your social credit score goes down. Even if you interact with and spend time with someone that has a low social credit score, then your social credit score goes down. If you haven't paid your debts or bills, if you haven't paid your taxes, if you get a parking ticket, if you speed, if you teach classes or workshops without registering them, if you play loud music on trains, then your social credit score goes down. Basically, anything that is deemed as unacceptable affects your social credit score system. And likewise, you can also gain points for behaviours in which the Chinese government deems as acceptable. Now, the punishments for a lower social credit score are things like not being able to leave the country or use public transport. You can't check into certain hotels or rent cars. You can't get hired for certain jobs. Or you may have slower internet connections if you have a low social credit score. Now, the higher the points that you have, well, then you get rewarded with more benefits from the government. You get more subsidies. You get more priorities in school enrollments and social assistance. You get preference in employment or in job promotions. So this is what many people are fearing. They are fearing the same or similar levels of tracking, documenting, data collecting and control. Many people are fearing and wondering to what extent will we have to surrender certain freedoms or surrender certain information if any at all. Here in Canada, many look to what Trudeau did in response to the vaccine mandate, creating unfair and unjust systems that divided so many, or the fact that he invoked an act that was not legal, according to the Canada Advisory Board, and took actions such as accessing and blocking people's bank accounts. Many are looking at these past actions and his connection to the World Economic Forum and are anticipating similar controlling measures. So, you know, I I do understand people's hesitancy with Canada's recent track record, yet I remind myself that we are not there yet. And a lot of things can happen in the meantime that will balance out or possibly neutralize any excess measures of control that may be around. So for any of you listeners out there that are already well aware of this new monetary system and perhaps are against this new system, I want to remind you that we don't want to further polarize the energies of fear and love. 
We don't want to swing our pendulum to one extreme or the other. As this new system could be just the very thing that we need, it could be a better solution if we are involved in creating it from a higher frequency. We need to be aware of if we're feeding into fear due to the rollout of this system. All too often, you know, we can get carried away anticipating how bad it's going to be, how controlled it's going to be. Therefore, we can polarize ourselves and take actions out of fear or reject things. Remember that this is not what we want to align with. We want to integrate these energies as that is what it means to be of source energies, to bring things together and integrate. And we have to remember that nothing has happened yet. And what we think and what we feel and do and say does contribute to how this unfolds and manifests. You know, what we are fearing and anticipating right now can manifest and bring in a parallel reality that matches that frequency of fear. And that's not what we want. I think it's within humanity's best interest if we develop a new monetary system that is based off of true value and worth. An even exchange of output of energy in exchange for money instead of this illusionary debit credit system that is basically just one big Ponzi scheme. I think it's a good thing, a positive thing, to develop a new monetary system. Perhaps the digital dollar is what we need. However, we want to create a new system that doesn't promote more and more consumerism, like the current one does. We can create a new system that doesn't rely on over-consumerism, thus further perpetuating the destruction of Earth and its resources. A monetary system that is more stable, less extreme in its booms and busts and governing bodies trying to control these booms and bust cycles. A monetary system that is more secure, that doesn't require the sacrifice of our freedoms, of our data, of our sense of security or trust in these systems. And see how these are themes that touch on the North Node in Taurus, our future, where we are heading. As conscious creators, you listening in right now to this podcast, we are the ones that will be creating and steering this new system. We create it by using our voice, voting for change, standing up, using our voice and taking actions if we don't agree on how much control this new monetary system might have. And note that I said might have. But we need to do this only from the present, the here and now. At every point of the unfolding and the implementation of this new monetary system, of these CBDCs, and not feeding our fears and worries into something that hasn't happened yet. And we know that these worries and assumptions that we're making are only fueled by the fears that have created or based off of the actions from these governing bodies in the past. So we're not being in the here and now present moment if we are worrying or putting fear into something that may happen because that is coming from our past and we're putting them and projecting them into our future. That's not the timeline that we want to manifest or create. We want to come back to the zero point, the here and now moment, the present moment. And as everything unfolds, if there's something that compromises our freedoms or if there's something that isn't in alignment with higher truth, then that's when we can stand up and take action. That's when we can speak up. So at every here and now moment, at every stage of the implementation and rollout of this new system, we just need to become aware of what levels of control that could be tied into this system. You know, we don't know yet what it's going to look like. I mean, we can assume, but remember that feeding into our fear-based assumptions contributes to that timeline manifesting. So we want to move into neutrality. And at every point where things progress with this new system, we want to check in and see how much of this new system will be controlled. If you're losing any rights or freedoms, if any at all, from each present moment as it unfolds. 
And if it does require us to surrender our freedoms in some way that does not feel right to us, then we can choose to not be a part of it. We can then take actions. We can then speak out or be involved in actions that don't support such measures that infringe on our rights and freedoms. We are in a new and better chapter in life. We are in a new paradigm. So we need to create systems together that are new and better. Not systems based off of the old and outdated. You know, after hearing my information today, you already know that this old monetary system, this debt-backed system, is on its way out. I mean, look at this manifestation. Look at it. It's finite. It's ending. It's rooted in fear, control, and inauthenticity. So it's no longer viable in the new paradigm. That's why everything's failing. It's reaching its end point. And you know, this is exactly why we need to reframe our own sense of wealth and worth. You know, we know that our current monetary system is not based off of true value or true worth. So how do we create a new system that is rooted in true wealth? By us embodying the knowing that we are the wealth, what we create, what we stand up for, and what we want. It is us that has the true power, that has the power to create and stand for what feels right and that is in alignment with the higher frequencies. We need to know that we have the true power and that's through what we choose to focus our thoughts, feelings, voice and actions into at every now moment as things continue to progress and change. So I know that all of that was a lot and if you made it until the end, well, well done. (laughs) And I want to remind you that I'll be sharing more episodes on the energies behind wealth and worth and money and stability and security So you'll have plenty of time and opportunities to learn to adopt the tools and awarenesses that I have to share. Remember, knowledge and information empowers us to align with the positives and the growth and the opportunities that are available in every situation. And now I've also added a bunch of resources for you guys in the show notes if you want to further educate yourself, including how to better position yourself and prepare. I hope you have a really great week, everyone. Stay grounded. Bye. Well, that's it for today, guys. And if you like today's episode, please like and follow us on our socials. Share this podcast with friends. And why not leave this podcast a review? Oh, and hang out next for a minute if you want some high vibe laughs. but to share this neutral information so that you can choose to use your own power to direct what economic freak economic (laughs) energetic